And I use the word absolutely a lot because absolutely is so good because it tastes of shortbread, proper shortbread biscuits dipped in coffee. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hearing in Colour with Matt Simon. Today we've got a very special guest, Debbie, and her form of synesthesia is very rare. Um, when she hears and thinks about words, she gets a taste. Want to just explain briefly how that manifests for you? Yeah, hello. Um, yeah, it's it's a very instant connection. If I if I see or think or hear a word, um, there's a very instant taste straight away, and. It could even be a taste of, of something I've never even eaten before, but weirdly enough. Um, and there are some words that are neutral that don't just don't have a taste. Uh, but yeah, every single word. So if someone's giving me a bit of a lecture, it's like a feast for me. And then I get a bit distracted because I'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, that tastes, you know, and then I'm not listening to what else is saying because I've got hooked up on a word they've said. And it's reminded me of, of a taste of something. And I'm thinking about that. So People might think sometimes I'm not concentrating properly. Isn't that? Yeah, it must be very distracting. You said um, sometimes it's a taste you, of something you've never eaten. Uh, how do you know yeah. what that tastes like? Well, I don't. That's the weird thing. I imagine that's what it would be like. If I, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, the name Susan, right. right? Taste of brown guinea pig hair, which I honestly <laughs> have not eaten. And it's very specific to guinea pigs. But I just know that if I put... If I bit guinea pig's fur, it would taste of Susan. And one of my sons had a friend round and they were doing this. Oh, mum, do that name, that thing, that tasting. And, and I was doing all their names, what they tasted of. And this particular boy, and I said, oh, your name tastes of tarmac, which I couldn't have eaten tarmac. It's ridiculous. But I know that if I bit into it, that's what the taste would be. Interesting, because um, smell, no, uh, taste is apparently like about 75% smell. So yeah. if you know what something smells like, um, again, tarmac, I've never eaten it, but you know what the smell yeah, exactly. of hot so that tarmac must be, is. Yeah, that must be from that. You, you know, it has to be. That, that's the only connection. You know, it has to be that, doesn't it? But um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll just briefly explain about synesthesia. So it's um, basically when senses are crosswired in a, a sort of regular person, if they get mm -hmm. visual stimulation, then the visual part of the brain will light up and process that. Yeah. Um, so people have this cross-wiring um, so you might hear something and then your visual area lights up as well so your brain has to deal with that process so you then you're sort of perceiving in two dimensions so to speak yeah um, so do you also get what's called a mouthfeel um, do you have the sensation on your tongue of what the thing is or is it just your you know the taste it's more to do with um the taste but sometimes the texture what the texture would be in my mouth will come into it but it's it's normally just an instant taste do you want to know what your name tastes of <laughs> yeah by all means what are you matt simon so yeah. matt is caramac chocolate nice <laughs> caramac, right? yeah. simon you won't like this one but simon is actually cold tin spaghetti but it's not heinz it's cheap it's a cheap one <laughs> supermarket owned brands but i'm still you. all right with that <laughs> Yeah, that that will also influence me, believe it or not, I have to say this, as to who people I become friends with and I don't, because I won't I won't gravitate towards anyone if I don't like the sound of their name. I was going to yeah mention that later on, because um, I don't know if you saw a documentary a long time back. Um, a guy, the tagline was Derek Taste of Earwax, and the guy was saying that 
Uh, he chose girlfriends based primarily on the taste of their names. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I've seen that. I've seen the, the title of it, but I've never actually watched it or listened to it or anything. But, yeah, that's exactly what would, I couldn't go out with a guy that had a name that tasted not good. That would put me. And even friends, circle of friends. Oh, no. Keep away from her. Don't like that name. I guess because you're in some way you're getting a sensory input that's unpleasant around yeah. the person and it's nothing to do with the person but absolutely not no but that's how bad i am yeah Are some people's names um is like a, a longer form different so does uh debbie taste different to deborah yeah um so debbie is white chocolate but it's a type of white chocolate and i'll specify that in a minute because i've got to think about it what it is deborah is uh like milky bar it's a thicker, it's a, a very quite a strong white chocolate. Debbie is um it's a thinner white chocolate and it's whiter, it's not as creamy, it's not as yellow. Um it's kind quite of related. Like, yeah, kind of kind of like um a cheaper white chocolate would be Debbie. Not a milky, but Deborah would be a, a, a milky bar. And something like but, Tom and Thomas, would that be similar as well? Yeah, so Tom is toffee, just uh, plain just toffee, a toffee. And it's quite specific because it goes back to the, and you're far too young. I'm 60, I'm an old lady, but we used to, I don't even know if they did, used to have these sweets called uh, Toffos, I think, and in a little packet. And that, the Tom thing tastes of that type of toffee. It's a very plain toffee. The Thomas takes it away a little bit and, and there's a bit of coconut. It's not quite as, um, it's not quite as toffee, plain toffee as the Tom would be. Yeah, I've been doing um, some reading up on this. And um, one guy, apparently a lot of his tastes were registered i mean obviously it just comes in you don't have a choice what it is no, no but you noticed that a lot of them were maybe tastes that you'd had from his childhood yeah i yeah i totally dominant. go with that yeah is, is yeah. that maybe because um you first heard the words as a child and then well that's what i wonder i mean i, I really really don't know i don't know if but having um... said that a lot of them are tastes that work from my childhood so it's not exclusively you know childhood stuff uh, and if there's newer words like um i guess say like a word like instagram or a word that wasn't around back then yeah does that have like a more adult taste or is there certain no nothing themes? to do with that because instagram is kind of it's, it's a two-word thing so the insta bit see now this links to names sometimes because the insta bit automatically tastes of a dessert that used to be around a cheap dessert called instant whip like right. an angel delight thingy so that's insta the gram bit is a neutral thing so instagram put together that's just i just get a first taste of that thing but when you say the whole word when you say instagram it, then then it takes away a bit of the taste of the, the strawberry dessert thing okay um so vowel sounds are they fairly consistent or are they more context-based yeah well well yeah fairly consistent fairly consistent i would say yeah I don't um, think, yeah. Because if you had so words like, say, um, play and may, do they taste similar? Because Oh, no, 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 no. They're actually very different because play is porridge, hot porridge, and may is, uh, this is an odd one because believe it or not, this came up recently, this word with me, it was somebody's name, and may is a very odd, it's almost like a taste of if you put, um, if you were in a field and there was wheat or straw and you put that in your mouth, that would be that would be May. Okay. But play is definitely hot porridge. That's completely They're still different. quite um sort of cereal based, aren't they? Some of them are. 
some of them are yeah not all of them have you um ever sat down and just tried to like categorize things and see if there's common themes or patterns amongst the flavors not really no i i i, I sort of dip in and out of it you know and you know because it, for years i just thought i was a bit weird and i didn't even you know register what was happening properly and and then uh, i have dipped in and out of stuff and i was thinking of doing like a synesthesia dictionary um and i thought oh who'd be interested in, in reading that and someone said to me well someone else with synesthesia would be interested in reading that because they'd like to see if your taste married up with those and when i've i have looked at other people and, and their tastings and that they are completely different to mine so and, and i do find it interesting yeah i think yeah, it'd be a very small market but it's a very interesting because I think a lot of people who don't have it would instantly like if you did all the names they'd like go right what's my name Rachel oh that's... well yeah that's another thing I've been thinking along those lines of doing a name thing yeah yeah it's uh all mm. towns and places um because people yeah. would want to look up what theirs is and so like Jeff who lives in Birmingham tastes like this yeah and... absolutely yeah yeah definitely yeah do you yeah. find um different accents have like their own overall flavor no so French or someone, if it's a language you don't understand, uh, do you still yeah. get tastes? Yeah, I still get a taste from a word, but um, I wouldn't, I might not even know what it means or, or be able to understand it, but I would still normally get a taste. Oh, so you don't even need to know what the word is or the kind of thing? No, no, like, no, it's to do with arrangement of letters. Just... It's, 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 it's look it if I read it or, or I thought it or somebody said it, but you know, it's, it's all about the word, it, you know, not about what language it's in at all. And another thing I was reading um, on the Wikipedia page, they've got a few sort of case studies. And mm. one person said that if words are coming past too fast, they mm -hmm. can't focus on it. They need to sort of home in on one and sort of experience the flavor. So if you're, say, at a station and there's lots of announcements, uh -huh. does that trigger things or does it just kind of fly past? I, I understand that. Yeah. So it depends on the word. If it's a, if there's a word in there that's a really strong tasting word for me, it, it will make me you know just stop listening to the rest for a moment because i'm thinking about that that word and that taste and i have to quickly switch back and think no no no, concentrate on what they're saying do you know what i mean so that can happen yeah so uh are there words you look forward to hearing because you have you got some personal favorites <laughs> there are taste. words that i use because it dictates what i write because i do a bit of writing and it, it, it dictates which words i use because i obviously wouldn't want to use a word that i didn't like the taste of so for instance the word definitely don't like that word because it's dried split peas okay <laughs> right. so instead of that i always always and i use this word i'm quite well known for using this word i use the word absolutely a lot because absolutely is so good because it tastes of shortbread proper shortbread biscuits dipped in coffee oh, okay that's what absolutely was absolute but absolutely is, is one of my key words that I use all the time because, uh, you know, people are talking to me and I'm going, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I won't say definitely because I don't like that word. Yeah, don't it's interesting. Word. I mean, like, as a musician, there's certain sounds that I gravitate towards more and use. And a lot of the music I write is for sort of general sort of like rock band lineup. So right. similar instrumentation, it's usually like bass, drums, guitar, vocals. Yeah. Um, And then certain guitar sounds and like processes, like I wouldn't, I don't like those because they're not like um, sort of concise enough or a bit too flowery or they don't suit kind of what I'm going for. Although wow. sometimes if I want to expand that a bit, like add some different instruments in, I, I don't have the skills to write for an orchestra or like a large group that, like that. Right. Um, but like, yeah, in a kind of way, I'd not sort of shy away from certain things, but certain things I'd favour more because I like the colours or the shapes that that produces. Wow. You see, it's that influential, isn't it? 
Although um, you've got to be careful not to just use the same things over and over again because exactly. it gets yeah. boring. But I guess with words, there's a lot more. I mean, there's 12 notes in the Western scale to use over different octaves, but then there's you know tens of thousands of words. So if you want to drop a few out, it's not sort of hindering yourself. Because if I didn't like, say, the notes C and D, that cuts out a lot of my Exactly. Options. Wow. Yeah. So that's really limited. That could be really limiting for you, couldn't it? Although it can be very subjective because sometimes I will think of um, individual notes have colours or sometimes they'll be coloured together uh -huh. or a key centre and it can be a bit, well, which one takes priority? Like, it varies. Do you think it helps you as a musician? It does in some ways because um, I can get quite bored if things are a bit um, sort of monochrome or they don't change enough. Like I like changes in texture in the sounds. Wow. and then, um, But also... I mean, what helped more was my music degree because I've studied a lot of sort of theory and been um, lucky enough to have world-class lessons. Uh -huh. So um, I have a good understanding of things and just that sort of technical working knowledge has probably helped me more because I've listened to other musicians who maybe aren't as trained and use right. synesthesia say, oh, here's my experiences. And it's like you can't sort of knock what they're doing, but um, a non-synesthesia um, person could listen to it just say, I'm not impressed. You if, know that that wouldn't fit in with what you, yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you were, say, a chef who had synesthesia and you only cooked in a certain way, um, uh -huh. it's fine. But then if you're serving it to other people, it's still going to be a certain standard. So it's... Yeah, it's always going to be, yeah. You've Gosh, got to sort of take a step back and say, well, is the thing that I'm producing still of objective quality? Yeah, that, that, that's what you must do, take a step back. And, and you know, that can be true with writing because you do have to take a step back and think, oh, am I using, you know, oh, sh I should really have used that, but I'm not using it because I don't like the taste. Is that me being an idiot? Do you know what I mean? Have I got to sort of be a bit wiser here? I mean, you've, you've also got your, like, your own style. Like, let's say if you're a, like a blues guitarist, you're mm -hmm. always going to be playing fairly similar things, but then that's yeah. what you do and like, your audience is clued into that. So yeah. you don't have to then next day come out and play like a polka band. You know, You don't have to be... Yeah, like exactly. Everything. But yeah, yeah, you have to be a little bit open to, um, yeah. And it actually would annoy me if I had to use a word I didn't like. It just rubs me up the wrong way. It goes against the grain. It's, it's hard to explain. But to use a word I don't like, you know, that, that annoys me slightly. I think, though, that part of the skill is, you know, as a writer, like choosing the best words and then words you might consider like just not as good. You wouldn't use them or they're less descriptive or. Yeah, you know they're too yeah. cliched. You stay away from them, but then yeah, yeah. I think that's more of an artistic choice. But I think maybe even then, like there's something about that word that you wouldn't like, so it just doesn't fit into what you're doing. So, but I guess a lot of people don't have to write and think, oh, I don't like the taste of the word <laughs> like willow yeah, or whatever. It... So like I can't use it. So if yeah, yeah. Willow tree is in there. Like oh. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, yes, it's difficult. It's not always easy, actually. And and I, when I was thinking about this because of doing this interview today, and thinking actually, you know, sometimes it's quite, it's actually quite exhausting because someone's talking to you and you're just getting all these tastes and you know, and and as I say, you know, gravitating towards people whose whose names you like, and you know, it's quite, it's a bit exhausting sometimes. Um, yeah, in this the documentary, there's a guy, um, and he's like you, lots of like sensory simulation from words. Mm. So when he was eating a meal, he says, "I can't read a book, can't read a newspaper, I can't have the TV or the radio on because that just swamps me with all these other tastes. So I have to mm. sort of eat in isolation." Are you the same as that? No, no, I'm okay. No, I'm absolutely fine with. Um, 
the funny thing is now you've said that i hadn't even thought of that before but i've usually got a tv on or um i'm working on a computer because i work on sitting in here on a computer and i'm eating while i'm sitting here or, or i'm reading but funnily enough if i'm doing those things i'm not tasting the food properly it's not that I've got no taste at all, but I'm not experiencing tasting the food properly because I'm looking at, I've got other words coming stuff into play. Oh, is that, so your brain is processing that? Yeah, so they're looking or... at that or hearing that or, or reading that. And, and but the, so the food is just, I'm eating it, but I'm not actually thinking, oh yeah, that tastes nice. Or, or that, you know, it's, that's just got, that's just, uh, the, the plate of food becomes neutral because okay. I'm, do you know, almost do you know what i mean because i've got other words going on i'm so that's how you have a brain space like tone it down just to yeah yeah because for a lot of people you know having a meal with friends is you know one of the great pleasures of life and so if you mm -hmm. you know eating a steak and someone's mentioned pole vaulting which tastes like vomit to you, <laughs> you just Jim, yeah. shut up i just want to enjoy my dessert yeah i try and be normal strive you know all my life to be normal i try to be normal but that that can happen and i admit i won't say it i would if i was with good friends because they know me and blah 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 but if i'm not i would just mentally think oh don't say that don't say that what i mean do you know what i mean it's, and it could be the most innocent word you know it's just oh no don't say that so do your close friends and family know that you've got a few <laughs> like not taboo words but things Oddities. The, um yeah they do yeah yeah my uh yeah my 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 children absolutely do my grandchildren you know the ones that are old enough and uh yeah my my friends know that um know that there are words that i i just won't say because i just don't like them they don't taste nice you know do they sometimes treat you to words that you like or like use it a bit more if they're feeling a generous mood like oh absolutely like thanks I'm just well known for the absolutely thing. They they say that a lot to me. Like, absolutely, mum, you know. But uh, I don't think they're treating me. I think they're taking the make of it, actually. <laughs> I think it'd be very hard not to. <laughs> it's wouldn't more it? like that. There's so much banter with my lot. It becomes more of that more, more than giving mum a treat because I can think of that word any time I like to make me feel nice. Do you know what I mean? To give me that nice thing. So they don't need to do that for me. Words are everywhere, you know. So uh, another interesting thing I had. Um, if a word sounds the same. Does it taste the same? So, like, or like a needle and thread, like you can sew something, or if it's so big, they're two words that are the same sound. Do no, they taste the same, or is it context? No, they would taste differently. They would taste differently. So, 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 if it's, that's what I'm saying, it's all about how letters are arranged. Okay. So, 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 <clears throat> taste of, um, <laughs> oh taste of um, uh, a drink you make with an Oxo cube. Okay pour hot water back in london back in the day that used to be a thing to do you know something to you know give you a bit of uh sustenance you know you'd, you'd uh, drink a, a cup of gravy basically oxo you know yeah yeah and that's what so tastes of if you say so s-e-w that's very different i can't see what tastes hold on a minute no that's quite neutral that's that's not a there's not a big taste coming out of that no 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 but it definitely isn't if i'm looking at the word so it wouldn't taste the same as if i'm looking at so that's got quite neutral so but so is definitely that that oxo thing so is a, a, a visual element if you're also sort of like thinking of the words yeah yeah oh yeah always always because I, i've always got the spellings in mind because i'm quite 
fanatical about spelling and stuff and uh, and uh yeah yeah so i've always got the spellings in my head because that the spellings conjure up the taste you know because it's how the letters are arranged i mean if you're reading obviously you see the word but then if someone says the word does it flash up in your mind and then the taste <clears throat> comes up as well yes yeah, it's, it's absolutely instant if i'm reading or if someone says it it's absolutely instant yeah it's interesting i've got to do um because i want to try and um take away like sort of cultural influences yeah um trying to see like what is sort of like inbuilt or what's um already there because uh just watching something before this uh there was a guy and he was uh, being interviewed on an australian tv show mm. and they'd asked him to say what the towns sound like or taste like and some of them uh so you got perth was weetabix um Lucasade was Adelaide, but then that kind of rhymes. Yeah, um, see, some of mine do that. Yeah. Sydney, yeah, that. he said kidneys and lumpy gravy, and then aspirin, Brisbane. Um, oh. Not all of them linked up, like Darwin's carrot, um, Melbourne's right. Tim Tam, Hobart's yeah. a Bakewell tart, which kind of rhymes. Yeah. Um. So, have you noticed anything like that that it could be possibly linked to how the, the word sounds? Yeah. There's the odd word that does that. Yeah, absolutely. Can't think of one right now. But like you said, those placements like Perth, for me, that's sliced beetroot. Pickled right. beetroot. What was the other one? Sydney. Sydney is a, a syrup sandwich. A syrup sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also trying to see like if some of the visual simulation there as well, because some of the sounds um, that I sort of see in my head, mm -hmm. it's... Um, it must be influenced by how things look because uh, like a violin or a cello it's sort of like a warm brown sound but then they're made out of wood you know in a brass yeah. it'd be quite easy to assign that like a, a bright yellow colour of and course so some things are thinking like is it just because you know that that's what that is so well I think sometimes that does come into it yeah no doubt about it but lots of words I say 80% of word, there's, words, there's no rhyme or reason for it. There is no attachment to anything. There's no links to anything, visually or anything. It's just literally, you know, the word table is, is a green grape for me. Right. I, mean, I think statistically some of them would rhyme up with, uh, like, or line up with rhymes and things. Just if you'd, um, or the word tape, yeah, might sound like grape. You'd say, oh, but it rhymes. But I'm sure some of them would. There, if you, there if you wrote some. out all of your words, like some of them would like look spelling similar, I guess. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's mainly a very, very random thing. And like I say, some things I've never, couldn't possibly have tasted, but I know that's what it would taste like. So what proportion of words are neutral, is it? 1%? Uh, it's like a very small proportion. Yeah. Um... The word the is kind of neutral. Um, is that because it comes through around so much? It's one of the most common words. I don't that... know. I wonder that. I wonder that. But then and has a taste, so it's not It's not just about small words. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd say about maybe 30%, don't know. I'd say a neutral. Okay. And do you speak any foreign languages? Yeah, but naturally. I okay. speak no, no, I don't. No, that's a complete lie. Just big fat lie. Made that up. Speak a tiny <laughs> bit of German. Well, like, no, do you remember a bit speak... from school? Maybe. Um, do the yeah. words? Do they then still have their own tastes? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. See what I did there. So yeah, naturally. Um, so but someone can just throw any word at you, and you like, they would have a taste. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Just more adult flavors. Um, mm. So let's say like maybe like alcohol or desserts or slightly richer foods or things mm. you wouldn't have eaten as a child. Are they just assigned just randomly throughout as well? Like something could be like truffles or like a whiskey. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not to do with it's 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 everything I've ever tasted and also some things I've never tasted. So I can't really make any sense out of because I used to think, oh that yeah, that word there, that I remember having that eating that when I was little. And I used to think, oh maybe it's Stuart, but it isn't. It's, it's every single word, you know, it's not it's not to do with just childhood stuff. I used to think it was, but it isn't. And is it not all food like some things they like um like metal or yeah like i say that wood that or something my son's friend his name reminded me of tarmac because i knew if i bit into tarmac it would taste of that it's not it's not all about food and guinea pig hair i mean not many of us are eating that <laughs> yeah um, you know not the usual sunday roast is it you know is so that just I maybe the, the smell of a pet from the past or something was i don't lodged know in there. i don't know I mean, it could well be, but the tarmac thing. But, but like you say, perhaps that's smelly. I don't know. I really, really don't know. And does your emotional or energy state affect it? Like if you're more tired or stressed or happy, things become more vivid or does that affect in any way? Yeah, it can do, actually. Um, in fact... If if I if I was to get really really flat and really low, it doesn't happen very often. But if I did, then I wouldn't be. How can I put it? I'd be subconsciously tasting the words, but I wouldn't be uh, consciously doing it. I wouldn't be so aware of it. I wouldn't be. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be so aware because everything would seem like dumbed down if I was like that. Yeah, and I think it's just. A bit less vivid and you know like everything's pointless even the taste no you know it's yeah that's how it'd be for me so um what you like with cooking are you a good cook or is that again based around well you have to ask people that i've cooked for wouldn't you really but i love cooking yeah i love cooking and if you want to say if you're on holiday and you try new new foods Mm. you have to block out other sensory things to make sure you're tasting that so say um, you went to a country you'd been before and there was like a different flavour palette. Mm. So it wasn't like a new chocolate ice cream. It was like, oh, let's try these foods. Would you... Mm. you have to like focus in a bit more on that or just hope nobody says the words cheese grater or something? <laughs> no, it would work in exactly the same. It would be exactly the same process, exactly the same. Wherever I was, whatever I was eating, whatever I was doing, it's exactly the same. It's just, it, it is just words. And I ask this to everyone, like, if you had the ability to turn it off, would you? If I had the ability to turn it off, would I? Right. Years ago when I was younger, because, you know, a group of us would be talking and someone would say a word and I'd go, oh, let me show that. And they'd just look at me like I was a bit of a nut job. And I've got quite used to that over the years. And I really honestly never, ever used to mention it to anybody because I just thought it was a bit of a weird I just assumed everyone did that found out they didn't so I never really spoke about it my children knew about it and that was about it and then one day I was um actually at work um and my daughter rang me and said mum that thing you do with words it's a thing you're not weird there's a name for it I've just seen a program about it and that just completely 
oh god I can't even tell you what that did for me because I didn't feel weird anymore I knew there was a reason for it a physical reason for it years ago if the answer to the question is years ago if you'd asked me I would have said yeah just I don't want to be weird I want to be the same as everyone else but now I'm okay with it because I talk about it more if you could manually turn it on and off would you do that like have a break sometimes it would be handy because sometimes someone's speaking to you and if they've got a fairly long spiel it you know it's important to listen and concentrate <laughs> and sometimes it would be handy to be able to just turn it off so that i didn't get distracted along the way by picking up on tastes and things you know um but so it would be handy yeah but um i i'm pretty okay with it now and is it um distracting when you're driving I don't drive. Perhaps that's oh. a very good reason why I don't drive, actually. I don't drive. There's, um, yeah, in this documentary, the guy was saying that when he was driving along, he'd um, reference things by taste. So you'd see a sign and then you'd get a taste of that. And he'd say, we turn wow. around this way to work and then there's the taste of that. He says he navigates more by taste, um, more than wow. visual. He said, if that building disappeared or it was redeveloped, I'd have to sort of, I'd get a bit lost because that's my reference point. Wow. Because imagine like dogs would sort of navigate, you know, by like a smell map. So this guy was by taste. How interesting. I wonder if it took him to good places that he wouldn't have gone to. Well, maybe he'd avoid driving past Tesco's because it tasted dog poo or something. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Because some people, um, like with the visual ones, I see mine internally. Um, But a lot of people, or some people will see them externally, like they'll hear right. things and there's like flashing lights and things so if you're driving that can be wow very oh yeah I'm, yeah it's, it's it's probably a good job i don't drive then yeah that would be distracting i was driving along and there were place names coming up that i like the taste of and stuff oh no i don't, I don't want to be you know oh look that taste of you know bash no no probably good i don't drive i think and um so if you're listening to something like an audiobook or like something that's been narrated mm-hmm. is it like, more effort to listen to it because you've got to process the tastes or you've got that coming in so it's another thing to deal with no it's exactly the same exactly the same if i'm listening so it's, it's all exactly the same if i'm listening to something reading something thinking of words you know someone speaking to me it's, it's all the same it's just constant tastings going on all the same even if even if it's an audio thing it's the same does it um I mean you can never know what someone is thinking, so if we both listen to the same audiobook and I'm mm. a very visual person, so I'd, I'd like most people to imagine, you know, what the sort of the house would look like yeah. and the person yeah. driving up the car. Mm-hmm. Um would yours um sort of give an extra element to that? because um, certain scenes would be they'd be more flavoured. So if there's like a wedding would you make you think like, yeah, you'd be thinking the colours, but then also flavours of the names and things. Is that like yeah, it might well do. It would, yeah. If there were people's names that were really, really nice for me, that would, uh, yeah, it'd make me, uh, yeah. I guess I'd be happier about the whole thing, you know, because uh, you see, if I was reading a book about a wedding, I didn't like the people's names. I'd maybe step back from the story. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's weird, isn't it? It is, but like, there's some part of it that you don't like, so there's no point just, you know, diving into that. Yeah, just flick past that bit or just skip that bit you know fast forward that bit yeah yeah i think it's um i was talking to someone on the previous one it's could be just a way of um categorizing and compartmentalizing everything because we get so much sensory information different senses that yeah you could choose to prioritize some of them and 
Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the colour people associate like days of the week with colours or... Yeah, my grandchildren do that. My daughter does that, yeah. Mm. And my, my granddaughter has animals with colours. Quite odd. Yeah, I was going to ask, so there's other people in your family that have this? Cause yeah, my daughter be seems to do it. But... Yeah, my grand, one of my granddaughters definitely does it. Um, and she's 11. Uh, and it's only over the last couple of years I've sort of spoken to her about it and because I never, like I said, I don't really speak about this thing, but she mentioned it to me and I said, oh, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so yeah. She, does she associate things with colours then? Yeah, she's got the colour thing. She does days of the week. I mean, the weird thing is, I can do days of the week, have colours for me. I've never really, um, and there are the odd words that have colours. Days of the week definitely have colours. But I think because I'm so distracted by the taste stuff all the time, I don't really delve into that side of it. But, um, it's also a bit like a sort of an irrelevant memory because you think, oh yeah, Tuesday is yellow. Like, could be, or like <laughs> it could be to someone else or not. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But with the yeah, the tasting, it's just continuous. It's constant. It's always, always with me. You know. I mean, for me, you say like the word Tenerife is quite yellow because E is yellow, and there's three of them in there. But also. Is that possibly been influenced by the fact that it's quite a sandy environment as well? Sunny, yeah. You don't know, do you? It's hard to, again, like that cultural bias, like, is that where that's come from? But then um, generally words like feed, you know, it's got two E's and it was half the word is E. So that's quite a yellow thing as well. And wow. Beef. So. God, that's interesting. For me, yeah, those, um, but that's still more visual because I'm not necessarily thinking of the name or the letter E. But if you thought of that word, would you have the same experience? Well, the thing is, like, for me, the musical note E is also yellow. Right. So there right. must be some. and then, But for me, the the note A is red. But if oh. I'm looking at it written down, it's more green to me. So like, wow. There's something which doesn't really make any sense. And it's just like, is well, this no, it, bullshit? It makes sense to you. That's what matters, isn't it? It's your sense. It's making sense to you. That, that's what's important. It doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. Kind of. It's still like a slightly um, self-contradictory system. Because I would say, well, this, uh, unless it's this context, but here's another rule that like this and this. Yeah. 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 I, I totally get that. Yeah. It's a bit like I before C, except after V, and then, but then if it's a Wednesday, this counts. <laughs> so they will, yeah, exactly. System yeah. have you got? Like, it's my Horses system. for courses, darling. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm. Do you have any other forms of synesthesia or is it just the... <clears throat> I don't think so. No. Like I say, the um, I do a bit of the colour thing, but uh, and the days of the week definitely have colours for me. But um, no, I think I mean I often you know because it's a sensory overlap thing, I sort of say to people, ah, oh, well if if I laugh because you fall over, it's because my senses are overlapping. It's not my fault, you know. I I can use that as an excuse, but I don't know. I don't I don't think so. But this is something I read recently was about um if you have this synesthesia thing and your senses are overlapping you can then get the sensory overload stuff coming into play and i do get a bit of that yeah but um mm. so do you get like headaches or just no not headaches just everything oh it's all a bit too much you know and i used to get when i was younger not so much now touch with but when i was younger i used to get an awful lot of migraines and 
it would always start in my vision going and I'd get the flashing lights and it would start off a little bit of the picture missing, a little squiggle, and then yeah. it get worse and worse so that I couldn't see anything. And I know how to deal with it now. But back when I was younger, it used to be, it was quite bad when I was sort of late teens, early 20s. And, um, and I do get really, really car sick. I'm not good at traveling. And I don't know if that's to do with senses overlapping because you're sitting still, but you're actually moving. That's it. Um, and your brain... Yeah, because your brain thinks... Um, your eyes can see that you're moving, but your body yeah. is saying that you're not. And then your brain yeah. gets confused and then thinks, probably poisoned, so best thing to happen would be throw up. Throw up, absolutely. But Four then you don't... Um, I mean, like, my brother-in-law gets really car sick, so mm. he, like, Sissy has to sit in the front, but then if he's, yeah, I do, if you're yeah. driving you don't because you're so focused on what's going on that it well do you know what that's funny because on a couple of occasions i've totally deluded myself and convinced myself i could drive and i've had lessons and when i'm actually driving i don't i don't have the car sick thing the travel sickness is don't even think about it and it is because you're concentrating on other things you know but every also, every moment that you're driving because you're controlling it and you've got to make all these that's what i was going to say yeah and you, your brain knows why you're moving because you're pushing that that yeah. button or that pedal or whatever. But if you're not doing anything physically and you're moving, that's kind of freaky, isn't it, really? For your brain to cope with. It is for me. I think that's where the travel sickness is. I am a really, really bad passenger. Really bad. I used to get a little bit casting, but only because sort of long um, holiday journeys where we drive into France or something. And yeah, just sit in the back reading a book for hours at a time, and then I get a bit. Oh sick gosh, and... no! You see, I couldn't read in a car. You know, if someone says to me, "I oh, look at the sat nav, Deb. Look at look at this on your put this on your phone for me, and look uh, blah blah direct." I can't, I can't read at the same time as. Oh, that just that sends it into overdrive. Can't read, read while I'm traveling. I can get quite bored, so um, I like a lot of simulation. So it's mm. very hard for me to just sort of sit there. So like reading a book or having something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But then, yeah, because you're focusing on the book and then there's mm -hmm. that, your body's moving or you're not, so then you get a bit sick. So, well, The best <laughs> thing for me would always just be to lay down and close my eyes because if I couldn't see that I was moving, that used to help a bit and dumb it down a bit, you know, so I didn't feel quite so sick. Dan, do you know anyone else that has the same form of synesthesia that you do? No, apart from James, who are we speaking about the other day? Who who runs the website the Synesthesia UK thing? Wonerton? is it James Wonerton? I think he oh, has. Does he run it? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I was looking at his website. Um... Yeah, yeah, he he he's got that one I think, but I've never really spoken to him about it properly, and I don't know, I don't know anyone else. I've never met anyone else actually that that does that. No, thinking about it. I mean, even among the sort of synesthesia world, it's like one of the rarer types as well. Right, right. Oh, really how exciting. Because most I'm people quite unique. are. It's like two thirds or three quarters are about like colour based. Right. Your one is like super rare. And there's. um, There are other versions where people um, will like can hear a picture or there's one called mirroring where if they see something being touched or someone being touched on the arm on TV, they'll feel that. They'll feel it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a tactile thing, isn't there? Because so some people can touch something. And feel a colour, can't they? Yeah. It's a tactile one, isn't there? Yeah. I was reading about that the other day, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, I mean, it is quite interesting when you start talking about it, isn't it? 
because no. one of the, one of the theories is that um when we're infants or babies like all the senses are kind of like or the brain is like very merged together mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then as you grow uh that splits up um probably just for more efficient processing but some people it's still left a bit crosswired that's, oh right that's one You're of the trying theories. to tell me i've got an underdeveloped brain aren't you i'm quite happy with that i'm i'm okay with that <laughs> well, so have i, I mean i've got <laughs> all sorts of things across but some people think oh i've kind of got a superpower it's like well maybe your brain well, just yeah. didn't split properly. might be quite the opposite might be the opposite of a, yeah wow yeah that's really interesting i mean i went to music college and i didn't really um yeah speak to people about this i spoke to my dad he's also a musician like when i was about 11 Mm. And he said, "Oh yeah, do you see the colours?" And he just had no idea what's talking about. He didn't know. No, that's right. No. Um, but then, um, a friend of mine who's got perfect pitch, I interviewed him for this. Uh, he doesn't have synesthesia, but you mentioned there's a couple of other people that we we're at college with who have it, or one or two. But even in that environment, it's more rare. It's, but yeah. um, people who have it are more commonly drawn towards creative pursuits, like um, yeah, film and TV or acting and. T- music and art um so mm-hmm. you're more likely to find people but even still then um amongst all those kind of like weirdos anyway mm. yeah someone's agreed like oh yes um but yeah i, I think that nf major chord is brown as well <laughs> but then like like you said earlier like can it help um there's a youtuber called adam neely he's a bass player and he does a lot of music videos mm. and he he brought it up occasionally because he has it as well he said like this color is this note for me and but then he just kind of writes it off because it doesn't really help him or he doesn't use it much. Like, it's funny you say that because I, I read a thing years and years ago that was to do with musicians and that was to do with synesthesia and the colour thing. And and I read a thing saying that it actually made it easier for musicians to play because they were just following colours. They didn't have notes to learn. It depends on the musician. Uh, some like to learn a lot of theory um like i yeah. did but some i like to play more by feel but it's yeah it's learning a sort of technical jargon um yeah so you know what you can do and put it to context yeah and also if you're yeah. communicating with other musicians they might say like i want you to do this kind of thing and instead of going around the house like oh i want these kind of notes but this kind of thing but if you know the name of it like it's this sound mm-hmm. then you can communicate that sort of on mass of course um but then even people who say like, oh i don't know any theory or i don't know this like they still have a working knowledge of how to do they it. They still like, have, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Paul McCartney doesn't know any music theory, but like he obviously does. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, because like he knows how to put things together, and he might not know the technically correct name for it, but he knows how put. He things knows what together. he wants. He knows what achieve. he's doing. Yeah, he knows what he wants to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Like he might not be able to uh, sit in with a jazz band and read music mm-hmm. on the fly, but like he knows how to do music. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. And. Um, I think it's particularly useful for artists because um, obviously that's a very visual medium mm-hmm. and um, so they can um, or some will hear music sort of in the heads and see like bright colours and some people will just draw that it's like an wow. abstract thing um, but then that's like a snapshot um, for it to be completely accurate you'd have to do like this animated abstract film for like the whole uh, yeah. film which of would be course. great um, but it's very interesting seeing what uh, some people do because first time I saw other people doing something similar someone had painted um some classical music and it basically looked like a volcano with a sort of explosion or sort of fountain that color coming out wow and the person said well this is how i see this piece of music and i was like oh right other people do you think it's it. do you think it's per note like with the tasting it's and the words it's like how the letters are arranged do you think it's how the notes are arranged or do you think it's a piece as an overall thing it can piece? be both um 
I was talking to someone the other day and I think because I've got quite a detailed knowledge of music and if I, it's a piece of music that I know mm-hmm. I can literally separate it into the notes and um, put those together but if it's some music that I don't know as well or like a style of music or an instrument that I'm not too familiar with uh-huh. I I don't have the facility to get that level of detail in it yet or can zoom in right. on it. for me it's more the sort of pattern of the melodies and the shape um, wow. like if there's um, if I'm playing a guitar solo or listen to one and like it's sort of like the notes come up and sort of like people say oh it's a soaring melody so i perceive the um the musical instruments they're like um colored blobs sort of like moving around like kind right. of abstract forms wow. and then their shapes are dependent on how they sound um so it could be like a very thin piercing concentrated sound or right. um a bit more wide if it's a less focused or sort of more breathy sound right so it's oh right so you're not talking about the you know the primary shapes like triangle circle square you know rectangle no imagine they're like little um <laughs> kind of colored ghosts flying around in different shapes and colors and their movement is depending on their movement how i perceive it in the wow. music so yeah. if there's a sort of very clunky part yeah it might be like wooden blocks and things right but then um something that sounds a bit more like a bird would be flying around i think um Tchaikovsky, let's look into this because he did um, a piece of music called Peace and the Wolf. I don't know if you know it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so, like, the granddad was the bassoon, which was obviously like a lot more sort of rich, lower. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, yeah. different elements for that. So, that's yeah. kind of along those lines. Right, right. But then okay. also, if I'm writing music, I'm not sort of necessarily trying to paint a picture, but I will arrange the elements of the music almost like I am sort of structuring something. Wow. And then putting, say, these notes together because that will give me that sort of impression of this kind of like structure. And then I have this sort of thing on top, and then other things moving around. So not just like here's this sound, here's this sound. I'm so also you... thinking of that. So for me, that it does help because I'm trying to do something. Well, I was just going to say that. So your synesthesia is actually really constructive. It's really helpful for you, isn't it? For me, yeah. Um, but also, if I hadn't studied music to the level I have, mm-hmm. I'd have less. Um, technical skill to put that together or I'd be using less building blocks and more building Yeah, but that combined blocks. combined with the synesthesia is just brilliant, isn't it? Perfect. It's good for me, yeah. And when I um, studied a bit more like advanced theory, like we did some jazz stuff at college that I was less familiar mm. with, it gives me sort of different colours to work with. I see those right. as a bit more pastel, less defined than some of the more basic things. So I was like I didn't say this to an old class, but we were showing some like really advanced scales and chords. Like, oh cool, I've got some new colours to put into my thing now into my palette so Brilliant. that did help but then yeah if i wasn't it's sort of conscientious on like just the technical aspects of music uh-huh. it would be like someone painting an abstract picture but having no technical skill and it'd just be like a, a splurge you know like wow. be like painting with a sponge you know rather than the brush so are, like, you oh, seeing, are you seeing like a color and a shape at the same time yeah so um some things um when I'm playing guitar so I like to switch between two different sounds like one is a bit sharper and one is a bit more rounded um so and the more rounded one is like a creamy blue color and so if I want to have that or use that it's I have that picture in my head but then if I want to adjust that I'll change the sound a bit so it's got more variety for my perception um but then sometimes I'll listen to other people's music and think oh there's not enough variety in that I do like more progressive music because it's a bit more advanced a bit more interesting than the basic right. thing 
um, but I like to have a lot more changes in than maybe someone else would if they're not thinking of colours because like, oh we've not... got this blue in this shape for too long I want to change it up and put some little things in right but then I also only write for sort of like a rock band thing so it's not for many instruments right whereas if I was writing for an orchestra I'd have so many more colours yeah. and shapes to work for so I can't say like oh I'm super advanced because I've got this because <laughs> I could just then write for a bigger group and then I'd have bigger things but then I like the sort of consistency of writing for the same sound palette it's more what I know as well I think, yeah, and I think sort of upon reflection, you actually getting anyone with this and any any type of it is getting more out of things than people without it do. It's very weird for me to speak to musicians who don't have it, which is <laughs> most of them. Oh, you um, know, do the blue sound, you know, yeah, it must yeah, be. Or like, do the blue creamy thing. You know, yeah. So I say, well, when you hear this piece of music, obviously you enjoy and you know all the component parts of it like but do you not see pictures on your head and they'll say no wow so they're wow. just what well, you just what how do you visualize it like do you like see the words like coming across your head for the lyrics because you know the lyrics or do you think of that and they're like no nah, just listen to it so again wow. maybe i'm getting sort of more out of it because i'm seeing like an abstract film play when i'm listening to the music yeah and all these like um it's a bit like um if you imagine a, a theater show where yeah. actors and costumes are coming on and off and moving yeah. in their own way and looking at yeah. it. So could you could you paint a piece of so you must be able to paint a piece of music. You must be able to paint a piece of music because you can paint the colours and shapes. Yeah. Um have you done that before? Not I'd need to do it now because um previous episode I actually interviewed someone who not only does oh. that but sees it very similar to the way I do as well. Wow. Because there's look you could ask hundred different artists, you know, paint this song and you're gonna get a hundred different results. Mm. Um, one was very similar but that could have just been um, coincidence you know if there's 100 people surely one right. of them will be similar um, but there's a Stevie Wonder song Superstition and oh, yeah. her perception of it was very similar to mine and the colours and the shape as well which is but again it could oh, be confirmation sh- bias you know I could ask someone else and they well this one looks like a pink bus with an umbrella on it to me like you know yeah Oh. you can't oh, point so to one and say oh that proves it like <laughs> the other night, no, there is it. no, no, that's right. Yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, I think maybe if you're coming at it from a different angle, it gives you other options to put into it, or you're trying to change more, maybe put more detail in than other people. Although, um, I well, it must f- take you along different routes. It does, like sometimes somebody else would have chosen. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I was, um, entered this competition competition on YouTube. Someone. Uh, like for guitar solos said so, like here's the backing track mm. and like lots of people did like some amazing stuff and like mm. mine wasn't any better because of the the notes that i can see in my head so, you know there's people like better players than i am it's just different approach wow so that's still gonna yeah okay but when i'm listening to music or writing it i kind of see it's it's like it surrounds me as well like i'm like in the colors it's not sometimes just like a picture frame like a snapshot it's like well i'm in this kind of Zone. Fantasia, you're stuck in Fantasia. How a amazing. bit like that, yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess people maybe have that in their own perceptions. Like they'll, you know, sit down, and listen to a record, and just like be absorbed by it. Mm. It's less so nowadays, like with the kids. <laughs> you know, something like a Pink yeah. Floyd album. You know, you could sit to listen to that, and it's just like this encompassing, expansive thing, and you're it's sort of around you, especially if you're wearing headphones and you're sort of cutting off everything else. So if you were listening. 
So does that influence, so that must influence what music you like then? I, yeah, I mean, I don't generally like electronic music because I feel it's um, a bit soulless. And that could be like the musician part of me speaking, but mm. because I see all these colours and things moving around, when I listen to electronic music, it's like the timing is perfect. It's all made out from a computer. So if you imagine a carriage clock and the light mm. is spinning and the light's shining off it, there's kind mm. of beautiful patterns coming off, but it's purely mechanical. There's no, it's not organic. There's not, there's, there's no, no life in it. There's no imperfections. Um, so when someone is singing or there's like a real instrument, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's not perfect. It's not uniform. There's much more sort of like detail in that. Right. Wow. But then a lot of so, musicians would probably say that as well. But um, for me, like the electronic music can be like just like flashing lights, like a rave. Yeah. But there's less sort of personality to it. Then if uh, a band is playing, the patterns and the colours are more interesting. So do you find it exhausting sometimes? Do you wish you could switch it off sometimes or not? Um, no, it's more... Um, like when I did uh, drama at school, like just GCSE level, like O mm. level, the um, the teacher said, I'm going to ruin theatre for you because you're going to analyse it so much. You won't be able to go to the theatre again without thinking, oh, that's where the lighting is and that's where they've done this and they've laid out the stage in this yeah. way. Yeah. And it did after a couple, for a couple of years, but then I just sort of settled back into like a a more sort of amateur level enjoyment. Of audience it. member, yeah. But, because I know music, I can listen to a song and like I will know like every note that's in it. And so You can deconstruct it all and... Yeah, it's like having yeah. like being a mechanic with X-ray vision. Like I know exactly like all the parts are in there, so you can look at that and enjoy it, or sort of step back a bit. But it's you know everything about it. So it's like right here's a D major chord, the guitar solo is coming in there, the drums are going to hit this. Gosh. But it, that's just a deep knowledge of something. I imagine like a chef would be the same if they ate something, they'd be able to pick out all the flavors. They're wow. still enjoying it, but they've just got a more detailed knowledge more, of it. Yeah. Wow. So they probably well, enjoy definitely. It more. If it doesn't. Oh enhance it. it it just brings more to it it just gives you more dimension doesn't it and whether you know it's a good thing or a bad thing it just brings more dimension to whatever you're doing doesn't it probably the more interest the and passion as well because if you're thinking like oh i've got to shape this and like you're thinking of it from more different angles you've got to get all those other aspects of it correct mm. probably going to give an overall better product than someone who's like well i've, I've done that bit yeah do you know what I went I was at Hyde Park a couple of I went to see the stones at Hyde Park the other Sunday a couple of Sundays ago and it got to the point where they slowed it all down and he was singing that song they do called Angie and uh everyone was like swaying and it was all quite emotional Angie, and I was just thinking oh icing on a cake icing on a cake <laughs> no like, I really was I, you know and it's like oh am I getting the same am I getting the same enjoyment am I getting a better enjoyment am I getting less enjoyment I'm not ever really sure because I can't imagine it without tasting do you know what I mean I mean everyone's gonna be different there'll be some people thinking oh that's the guitar sound that's being used someone will be looking at the way it's moving there could be a fashion designer who's looking at what he's wearing yeah so like everyone has taken their own thing from it Yours yeah. was pretty unique because even though there's another sort of taste person, they might be thinking, "Oh, this is caramel or freshly cut yeah. grass." When they're singing, <laughs> yeah, I almost did flash. it in the chorus and screamed out, "You know, I sing!" But I didn't. But in in my head, it's, you know, every time he said the word Angie, I'm like, 
cake with icing. Did you get that stronger? Because if lots of people are saying the word, does it have a stronger impact or is it just the same? I don't know, you know, I really don't know because there were like 65,000 people singing the same word. So I do wonder if it was more. I think it was just um, exaggerated a bit, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, when I think about it. Could have maybe I still like... got the same taste if it was one person or a hundred people, but yeah, maybe it was more of a the heightened energy of the situation, like all yeah, those people around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Race everything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but again, I guess everyone's enjoying it in their own way, and it's um. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't basing the whole gig on taste. I was trying not to <laughs> eat everything I heard, you know. But um, yeah, it's at times like that when you think. Oh, come on, I'm at Stone's gig. Like, it's a big deal. Stop tasting. Just enjoy. Do you know what I mean? It for what it is. <laughs> it's something that most people will never have to deal with. They'll have their own problems, you know. Don't keep eating Jagger's songs, you know, for Christ's sake. Just listen to them and enjoy them, you know. But, um, mm. So, if you could um, swap or experience another form of synesthesia for, for a day, let's say if you could swap with someone else, what would you like? Ah. Oh. I'm really into music in a big way. I would be very interested in what you do. I would love to. I'm really into live bands. I go and see as as much live music as I can, and um, I I would love. I I think I would really like. Although, would it take it away from me? I don't know. That to see what you see, to for the notes and things, arrangements to have shapes, and I, I'd find that fascinating. You know, I I would. I think I would love that. You know, but um, the colour thing, like I said, I do a bit of that. Um, but I don't get much enjoyment out of that. But you see, the taste one is giving you enjoyment if if they're nice tasting words, you know. So that, so for me, I guess that's a positive thing. I guess but, I don't um, get any sort of bad elements of it. Like um, if I'm perceiving darker colours or things, it, they could be valid, you know, if it's a piece of funeral music or like something like a very heavy energy to it. Um, that's what it is you know there's nothing bad but like sometimes if I'm say playing something there's a lot of notes clustered together on a guitar solo it could be the image I see is maybe like a spider's web with lots of little beads of water on it so that they're all in this little thread so I mean if you see that in your head that's not that dissimilar from a, a fretboard is it you know that, there is you know. yeah um but it's sometimes I have pictures like that or it's just um I can see things like swimming around in my head wow no drugs involved at all perfect absolutely free of charge yeah um but then it's it's internal so it's i'm imagining it um so it'd be great to talk to people who have it external as well yeah yeah wow um i did do that once though and that was um that was a music college and um yeah we were smoking something that <laughs> did help that just that just that, that one time um but i was able to see a few things externally as well and that was wow um, <gasps> but that's an interesting thing is like well is that we totally imagining it or was it yeah yeah we need to try it again obviously matt <laughs> yeah um again but regularly could, yeah um that opens up another discussion of like are you then just like broadening your sensory range on that to see things that you normally wouldn't because other people they were you know is this like energy fields or is you able to see that train yourself to see those so. well yeah that's right because you know drugs open doorways and alcohol close closes doorways doesn't it so it's um i mean it can be good to sort of open the door to show you that something's there and then you can 
maybe yeah, go through, absolutely. A, go through yeah. a game with meditation rather than just taking drugs but um, yeah yeah i messaged someone who said that his art um is that he takes psychedelics to see it um oh. so he said like i'm a bit jealous that you get yours naturally was that well, yeah. i didn't ask if his was internal or external but he said um but he gets that and a lot of his were similar kind of colors or similar styles of music which is interesting wow that's so interesting isn't it but then i'll perceive that like for me like jazz i know it's a big style but like it's generally kind of a green color despite all the notes in there and funk is a sort of yellowy golden sort of wheat color um then some forms of heavy metal i find them quite um monochrome right using very similar sort of like note ideas and like rhythmic things uh-huh. So just like black and white, but then yeah. a lot of the logos and the dress is black and white for that as well. So is that part? Yeah, of, of course. Influence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some so other that bands point... that are a bit more progressive, a bit more experimental with the sounds. Um, they yeah. I see that as different colours because they have different aspects of their sound. Wow. So what does um, what does Bowie's music contract? Because Bowie's my like my hero. What does, does his style of music have a particular thing? I've I'm never just... really been into him. There's something about his voice that never really turned me on. Because um, mm-hmm. his voice sounds a bit fragile. Although, mm. saying that, you know, he sang that record with um, Freddie Mercury and <laughs> kept up with him on that one. Mm-hmm. So you can't say he's a bad singer, but for me, there's um, it comes across as a little fragile and the arrangements are quite... Um, I know what you... I, I totally know what... He sparse. is my absolute hero, but I, I understand... I like the fragility thing. I, I like that. But yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying, yeah. But then... I had else, to ask. I had to ask. I mean, you, some people naturally um, describe things like someone's voice is like rich and therap- syrupy or like mm. thick and warm. Uh, but that's just normal, isn't it? But is isn't it? it? I mean, oh, for me, no. like... <laughs> um, I might perceive that as like um, someone's voice literally like has a texture of honey or like it's got that yeah. shape and viscosity of honey. Yeah. Um, whereas someone's voice would be quite sort of thin and brittle. Right. It's, it's got a different shape in my head. And right. It moves <clears throat> according to their sort of vocal technique. Is it agile or does it stay in the same place? Wow. So I, <clears throat> I don't sort of taste it in the way you do, but it's right. I kind of get an almost sensation of texture. Right. With it. Because um, if something like, say, Brian Adams has got quite a rough singing voice. Yeah. So his voice has got a bit of sort of roughness on the edges. Yeah. Of the shape, whereas someone is a bit more polished, they say like an opera singer, like a soprano, it's going to be... Um, it's a smooth, clean... Yeah, almost like water sometimes on the high notes, like very sort of crystalline. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. I don't touch Gosh. it, but I'm sort of aware that there's some sort of like yeah, I'd like, I'd like to have textual a go at that element one. to that, that, would be... that I perceive. Yeah, let's swap for a day and see what happens. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was just we could swap for a day. <laughs> yeah. But then it would almost I imagine it'd be very jarring having it yeah, turned do you know off. What? And for me, and like, having all those yeah, colours like, ripped out of my head. Because like, if it's just something that's always there, just you how don't you really normal think people about have what to suffer like without it. But um, yeah, I can't. I can't imagine not tasting words. You know. See, I just said imagine, and imagine is the inside of a walnut whip. That's got me thinking about that. Yeah. Stop, Debbie. Concentrate. Focus. Yeah. That's quite a nice one. 
I think for some of it, um, if things don't lock together enough, mm. um, so I perceive that, and other musicians will say, well, you know, the, the band is playing tight enough, they're not quite on the beat together mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. So I also get images of, um, like, if a band, so a like heavy metal band, are really tight, like really precise. Mm. It's almost like looking into an engine and seeing all the parts moving together. Wow. In harmony, but then if there's a really um, sloppy band, you know, yeah. parts aren't quite, it's almost like a drunk pantomime horse, like that kind of sense of movement. Wow. Yeah, that stumbling, bumbling kind of not together. And so yeah. you can, um, drummers can hear the timing well and they're very tuned into that, but then that's my perception of, for me, um, like this isn't quite good enough yet or that's not quite where it should be. And then when it is, it feels like it's together. Wow. So a drummer would just maybe like feel it and go, it's not quite there yet. Um, yeah. But then for me, I'll have my own sort of like sense of it. Wow. Yeah, it is fascinating. It really is. I think one I'd uh, maybe like to swap. Yeah, the taste one would be interesting. Um, or just, you know, pick two senses and like see if they crossed, <laughs> like touch yeah. and hearing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that would be... Uh... Yeah, you've got me thinking a lot more because I don't really think about it all this very much. But, well, there must uh, be some people who look at a picture and they can taste it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, like hearing a picture, so. It's crazy, isn't it? It sounds crazy, doesn't it? And it's it's very hard to explain to people sometimes. I used to really struggle with it when I was younger. I think um, I've got a fairly good one since it doesn't distract me when I'm driving it. Um, I can use it creatively. Um, it's yeah. also private because no one else yeah. knows what's going on. It's not like I'm cold in a ball when someone says the wrong note or no. I see the well, wrong colour and it yeah, brings me out of rash. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well they're, well, they're all quite private, really, aren't they? they? You know. Yeah, I mean, no one else knows what you're seeing. No one else knows what I'm tasting when they're speaking to me, or that I've gone on off, and I've gone off on a little bit of a tangent because of a word they've just used, and it's reminded me of something. You know. Um, yeah it's, it is a private thing but it's um it's, i i'm just so so grateful that i discovered it was a thing because if it you know i don't know if i would have ever and ever found out about that i perhaps i would at one stage but you know i didn't find out about this till i was in my 40s i think you know i didn't know it was a thing i didn't know it and i just always felt a bit weird and uh you know, with the family, children and stuff, it was like my party piece if they brought friends around. Oh, what does she taste? Or what's he taste? You know, but uh, apart from that, I never really, never ever mentioned it to anybody because nobody got what you were talking about and just looked at you as if you were a bit of a nut job and a bit weird. And um, it became a pointless thing. So I just never, ever spoke about it. Years and years and years. You know, my, co- my work colleagues never knew about it. I never, never used to, you know. Has it affected your work at all? Or no, it hasn't. Sensory overload it, occasionally. It only affects it in the way that if someone's speaking to me and they use a word I don't like, or automatically just sort of mentally take a little step back. Okay, All right. You've used that word now. You've ruined it now. All right. You know, <laughs> I do. It's terrible, isn't it? But that's what I do. I guess for some artists, it gives them like an art form. Like I said, some of them just literally draw music. And so what's my new pitch going to be? Ah, oh, put a CD on. And there it is. Wow. So, so, well, that's invaluable, isn't it, really? That, I think for that's me, a real it's, big... Yeah. 
boost, isn't it? A real boon to have that. But I can't, mine doesn't um, enhance my life in any way, apart from getting lots of taste all the time. What I mean is I can't do anything with it, you know. I'm not going to, um, oh, it will just dictate which words I use or write or, you know. Apart from me writing that book. I mean, for me, it's, um, I use it to fine tune what I'm already doing. Um, yeah. That's great that you're able to use yours, you know. Isn't sometimes it? we'll work backwards from it. Um, sometimes we'll just put sounds together and think, well, that's what that looks like. But then sometimes I'll have a visual in my head and then mm -hmm. try and construct that using sounds and mm. things. So it can go both ways as well. Yeah. I wanted to say, like, right, this one's going to be about like a tranquil forest. Okay, so what things would I use? I'd probably use these notes because that key has the brown colour and some green bits. But then, wow, just think um, what would feel like to be there. And like, that's just got to paint that picture with the sounds. I mean, someone else could then listen to it and get a very different impression from it. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a true thing. It's not saying, oh, yeah, but I use this energy frequency. And I'm like, yeah, it's that. But it's, um, wow. yeah, it's just a method for me to continue to write. But then underscored by all of that is the sort of technical music knowledge and the just the working knowledge of how things fit together. But it's yeah. um, the synesthesia maybe just um, leads me towards different choices. Yeah. Of all those, because I've got all the options spread out in front of me. Like I could use this note, this note, this note, this chord. But why would wow. I use this one? Oh, this might give this kind of effect to it. So it it takes you off on a bit of a. It does, I just think it gives what you're doing, it makes what you're doing very unique, really unique, doesn't it? It Don't does. You think? Um, but it's only unique for me. It's only, but that's all it needs to be unique for, darling. It doesn't need to be unique for me. What, what I mean is, like, I, I, only I can see those colours, but then if it gets a better results overall that people then can enjoy more, then that's good. Yeah, and then it depends on your definition of better results, doesn't it? So you've got hope that. You know, I, I just think with what you do, it must greatly add to what you do. There's uh, yeah, a couple of things that I do, like in my guitar playing, that I am aware of, like the visuals to add on to that. Because the sound of the note, um, I think, well, I want this kind of sound, but then I'll switch between different sounds to make it a bit more nuanced. And I'm not the only one that does that. There's far better players than me in the world, but it helps me get to a slightly more interesting level. Yeah. And actually, so it is a bonus. It's a bonus. In college, um, she's a vocal teacher, but she said, "Yeah, your playing is quite colourful." And word she used. <laughs> um, but a lot of musicians try and copy a vocal anyway. Like a lot of, um, sort of saxophone players or guitarists when they're playing as solos, they want to sound, you know, melodic and organic. And yeah, the most course. expressive instrument is the human voice. So yeah, you're always trying to get elements of that out mm. of it because um, it can be. An easy trap to fall into is to play quite mechanically. Like, here's all my note options. This will work, but you've got to play. But like, yeah, play from your soul. But you, it can't be just like blasting something out. You've got to be like constantly shaping it. Because if you're a singer, you're constantly shaping your words. And of course, the yeah. Um, you're more aware there that you're sort of projecting energy in some form, and then you're shaping it physically with your teeth and your tongue, with your mouth, and then. As instrumentalist, you'll do that as well with your technique, but it's um, I can almost see like what's coming out, and I'm sort of like shaping it. So a bit like, and certain guitar sounds are thinner and thicker to me. Wow. So one is a bit more like um, 
spraying a bit of water and one is like a fire hose or like laser beams I can get like more depending on what's coming out of my hands and the guitar ramp I can shake the sound because I'm imagining there's more coming out and so I'm projecting it in this way wow yeah hopefully well yours is definitely a positive thing in your life yeah I've yet to find what to do with mine but um so who's your which guitarist you like who's your favorite guitarist can you tell me a one or a, a couple do you know um Van Halen, his um, <laughs> his guitar sounds like when he plays a solo, it's um, it's red in there, but there's also um, it's a bit like water. There's like a clear and some blue, and it's a, like twisted like a rope. The the uh, the sound is not like just like a solid beam. There's right. like more interest still within the notes. It's like it's the the note he's playing has got like this kind of like movement in the end in the note itself as well. Layered. But yeah, so he's not just playing like dirt, dirt, dirt. Like even if he's yeah. playing that, there's still movement and energy within that as well. So it's like extra. Wow. Yeah, I, as far as guitarists go, yeah, he's one of my favorite favorite guitarists. But I also like Steve Vai. Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, no, I do. I love his love love his playing. But I love um, and I saw Dave Lee Ross twice actually live. And uh, he's just the best front man in the world, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, Eddie Van Halen, that guitar is, uh, yeah, it's something else. But if I listen to someone like um, Jack White from White Stripes. Oh, I love Jack White. Can't stand it. It's, oh, um, I love it. I mean, like on a sort of purely technical level, he's not uh, a sort of technically accomplished player, but then he's. No, no, he isn't. No. But then when I hear the the, the quality of the sound of his notes, it's got the kind oh. of, it's like slightly fuzzy, slightly shaky. Um, there's not as much sort of muscular and conscious control on the shape of the note. I, I totally understand that, yeah. So yeah. there's also the sound of it that I don't like, but then it's a less beautiful visual when I hear his notes as well. Yeah, I totally know what, I totally know what you mean. Totally know what you mean, but I, I really, I, I do like him. Um, yeah, gosh, it's just so interesting hearing your side of things. For me, you know. It's, but someone uh, like Steve Vai, I mean, he's got a lot of different, Variety in what he does. He's got his own sort of unique signature kind of sound where you yeah. plays and like you know. You it's always him, know Steve Vai's playing. Yeah, the same as you know Van Halen. If it's Eddie Van Halen playing, you know, you, you know, you know his as well, don't you? Yeah, and um, like Brian May, very recognizable. Mm. Yeah, his, yeah. His tone is. I mean, I know his guitars are red special, and it's like yeah, red, exactly, yeah. But his tone again, that kind of sounds is quite red with the, sort of some dark streaks in there. Mm. Um. And it's um, again, so like red chords. Um, wow. Do you know a guy called Francis Donnery? No. All right. He was a lead singer with a band called It Bites. And um, that was back in the 80s. Um, and I think they had hit with uh, Kiss Like Judas, Calling All the Heroes. That was them. Anyway, they split up and he done it, he done, he went solo to cut a long story short. And uh yeah, his guitar is something else. It's something really, really special. I'd like you to check him out and tell me about the shapes and colours that he's playing, because yeah, very, very interesting. So um, what was that song? I'll look it up. He's called Francis Dunnery. You want to yeah. look at his solo stuff. Um very just very different type of music and uh you always know if Dunner is playing you know uh yeah look him up see what you think don't go for the bites well you can go for the bite stuff just to get a you know right. the more commercial kind of guitar sound that he had but um 
In fact, if you look up a YouTube clip with it by it, it's a very old clip and he's doing a song called um, Ice Melts Into Water. Right. Yeah, I'd like you to check that out. It's. I think when someone is very accomplished, it. I see that um, the sound is, there's a bit more in there. Like there's a violin player called, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, like Iztak Perlman. Like he's an absolutely unbelievable player. Wow. And his playing, like the notes, they have this, um, I mean, yes, the violin is brown. There's some brown in there, but it's almost like, um, I know the violin strings used to be made from cat guts and sort of sinews, yeah. but his tone, it's a bit like sort of an orange pale pine color with some white in there, but it's again wrapped it, but this like, um, wow. the notes have more color in there and more sort of refinement and more, there's more in there. It's like a basic player or someone who's more maybe like monotone color. It could be like, oh, that's yeah. kind of green, but there's just like more in there. Got to explain wow. that it's more, you know, like more skill, more life experience, more expression. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you sort of zoomed in on the energy that like you'd see like almost like the composite parts, like if you get, mm -hmm. you know, colors of light there's a mix of colors or like paints that you see like there's different bits in there if you sort of zoom in so for wow. me um there just seems to be like more shape and more detail in just like the actual note yeah when i hear someone who's more accomplished like that you can wow so so interesting i i really would like to have yours for a day i spend all day listening <laughs> see what to I can music do, yeah. and um yeah wow and, oh, right. One more thing down, right? A song called um, Still Too Young to Remember. Right. Okay. This is, again, it's Francis Dunnery. And these videos on YouTube are way back. And he was a very young boy at the time. He's an old man now. But, um, yeah, I'd really be interested here. Still Too Young to Remember. I'd be interested to what you say about the guitar and to hear what you say about the guitar on that. That would... Um, yeah, I'd find that really interesting. Please don't forget to let me know what you think of it. Will do. All right, I think this would be a good time to wrap it up. This has been fascinating talking to you. Well, it has for me. It has and for me. Yeah. Like tasting your words. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had a right old feast, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a delicious, literally a delicious conversation. Right, won't need any lunch now, yeah. Is it a way yeah. to, because um, some people eat if they're bored or they like to experience you know, the taste, mm -hmm. but obviously calories come into that. Mm -hmm. Do you kind of like treat yourself to some taste by just thinking of words you like? And it's the mint choc chip ice cream. Like, I know exactly. Do you know what? One of my sons asked me this the other day. No, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. If it did, I'd be a whole lot slimmer. Let me tell you, if I could just eat my words, so to speak, I I'd be fine. But um, I can. The trouble is, I can, yeah, I can get a pleasurable experience by hearing or seeing or thinking about a word that's a nice taste, but it doesn't work in reverse, you see. I can't think, oh, ice cream, what does that taste of? Or, do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it's only if I hear a word that is going to take me to a taste. It won't be the thing itself. It won't be the thing. That thing won't take me to a word, but a word will take me to that thing. So what are your top three words? So absolutely is a good one. <laughs> Glad you remember that. Oh, I love what. Oh, the word dictate or dictation. Dictate is lovely because that's like uh, cherries soaked in. It's like Kirsch or soaked in brandy or something. Yeah, nice. I like that. Yeah. And uh, another word would be. Oh, 
Okay. Well, this isn't brilliant, but um, attach, attach is really nicely cooked bacon. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> it's a bit crunchy. Just enough, just enough, not too much, but just enough. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. But I can't think of bacon, and you know, I can't can't think of the thing, and it takes me to a word. It's just only works the other way around. The word will take me to the the, the food. Do you have like? extra bonuses where say something lines up so if someone said to attach is bacon if someone said oh the bacon's attached to the egg or something that like lines up in your system you're like yeah that's it yeah it's it would be like oh double got a bit of double going we're doubling up here you know that's how i would see that yeah so if i like see a word that's like printed in like the correct color it's like mm -hmm. that's it that's <laughs> that's what it that's perfection right there yeah um i would like to read a sentence where every single word was something that i like the taste of and you see if i'm writing anything what i'm writing will be dictated um by the taste so that would give me pleasure to write sentences that have only got words in that i like the taste of it'd be a unique sort of pleasure like if you wrote a short poem just with words you liked it would be great for you, but then someone else could read it and just be like dry heaving. Uh, yeah, absolutely nothing. What a pile of shit. Yeah, but <laughs> I would be reading it and be like, ah, oh, taste this, you know. But it's like it's it's such a personal experience, isn't it? A private thing. It's it gives nobody else any pleasure at all. So it's pointless. But um yeah, it it would just be to do it for yourself, wouldn't it? I always think with music it's quite a selfish thing because I can enjoy every note that I play and the audience can as well. But a chef like i couldn't do that kind of job because i'd be cooking all this food and then someone else gets to eat it i know it's a service industry but i yeah. still get to enjoy it as much as everyone else when i'm playing I guess yeah that's... Be similar. oh well you... yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely see doing it again yeah yeah but then yeah if you wrote a book that was particularly pleasing to you only you'd enjoy it that no. much is that being too self-indulgent though matt i mean it is but well i mean it's not i mean it's just like it's just less marketable i mean i wrote a whole album that was quite self-indulgent did you? Guitar showcase. I'll send you a link. Yeah. Oh, please do. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting uh, what you think of that. But it's um, because guitar instrumental albums can be very uh, indulgent, and very niche. Yeah. Um, so I've got other, another project which has got vocals on and like sort of real songs. But this was uh -huh. kind of showing off what I can do, and just weird stuff that I'd written. Um, so it doesn't need. Oh, to, I'd be really interested because it that. doesn't need to be commercially viable. And it's almost like when the complete opposite of that and just. Did yeah completely what i wanted oh how lovely what freedom how self-indulgent that's really yeah maybe i ought to just like uh, do a few little poems that are just words i love that's really interested me actually so i'll send you the link because i rebranded it some of the song titles and then it just didn't really work so right. um right okay kind of had a Please theme to it yeah i had a theme to it like you'll make you laugh and then um i just made some more normal song titles but then be interesting to see if the different song titles for the same words or the same songs which ones yeah. you type with but the songs are very progressive it changes a lot this um i've got an acoustic song which is um sounds a bit like middle east and indian so it doesn't change much from that palette. right but there's other ones which jump around all like sort of schizophrenic it's one thing for 10 oh. seconds and something else so oh Want to be able to sort of taste that or see it because yeah. in my head I'm thinking right I've got a yellow bit here then there's some green things and I'll just chuck in that like wow. some sprinklers. Oh. That's, honestly I'm finding this fascinating yeah that's just so interesting and so useful um what do you think of being very mousy then 
Yeah, he's great. I went to see him live. Um, DJ. It's hilarious because about 99% of the people there were men, the guitar players. And you just walk past people conversations and they're all talking about scales, <laughs> picking technique. Um, but the thing is, we didn't know if there's going to be a support act or he was going to be the sole thing. Right. And then we just, everyone agreed that like, we're going to know from the first note if it's him or not. Yeah. And so just like this note rings out like that's him. Wow. You see, I know he's, he's technically, you know, just a wizard, but I find him soulless. He's he does his own thing very well, um, but what he does really well for me is that he's got a lot of energy and force in his playing. Yeah, so definitely. He does tend to do the same sort of thing over and over. But I find it quite clinical. There's no. But if you um, had say a space in a song, and then like mm. lots of different people would put down a guitar solo, you'd know it's him straight away. But also, he has a lot of aggression feel in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I like because um, like he really plays with his balls and he makes no yeah. apologies yeah, for that. Yeah, I know that, exactly so. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. That aspect just, of his playing and um, it's like he's got the passion. He's you know fantastic te technically uh, and he, and he's got the passion, but the soul isn't there for me. I can't explain it. For me, his notes they're strung together. It's almost like um, pearls covered in like thin stream of water. Like they're very like shining notes linked together. Very wow. Um, very nicely um, but then when he wants to dig in and get a bit more edge on his playing as well he can do that so he can do that yeah um, yeah I mean I don't listen to his music a lot um, I've studied how me to play some of the music college so it's very good to learn from um, but yeah I'd say that he's excellent what he does a bit repetitive but at what he does he's excellent yeah 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 definitely definitely and he's yeah just no apologies so uh, we had his um mm. <laughs> His bass player came in to do a masterclass <clears throat> at the guitar college to study that, and so we we're obviously asking lots of questions about him. And he said his ego is enormous. Because um, we like, have you got any rock star stories? And he said, yeah, there's one time where he kicked off because the spotlight was either too white or it wasn't white enough, or something like that. And um, wow. you're not allowed to mention the word jazz around him. But oh, um, he's a bit precious. But then he's he's, bit... he's great at what he does in that single thing. Yeah, you have to allow a bit of um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Wow, perhaps he's got the same thing you got, and that's why the light was too not quite the right. <laughs> um, I'd probably say no because he generally does the same sort of sounds and textures a lot. Yeah, yeah, but he does it very well, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, we'll give him that. All right, okay. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, he gave me lots to think about. Great. Um, mm. is there any social media links you want me to share, or um? Lots of people interview artists or musicians or just, uh, nope. <laughs> it's fine if you want to stay a bit more anonymous, that's fine. No, I'm absolutely fine. Whatever you want to do with it, do it. Put it out wherever you like, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you like, um, we can leave an email address if people want to contact you or not. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good, yeah. You've okay, got so, mine, haven't you? Uh, send me that in a message and we'll put it in the, okay. um, the show notes. And then if people want to get in contact with you, they can. Perfect. So where are you aiming to put this? Uh, so this will be on Spotify, um, it's on oh, Apple right. now, uh, Google list, so like, all the major places okay. is officially on there now. Perfect. Brilliant. Okay. Very, very interesting to meet you, Matt. Really, really have enjoyed it. You have given me loads to think about. And um, yeah, really interesting. And I hope to speak with you again at some point. Yeah, if you come up with some other ideas, uh, let me know. Mm. And um, 
cool yeah it's been an excellent conversation i'm sure people are enjoying listening to this and it's again your form is very rare even amongst us kind of weirdos <laughs> so, okay i'm a weirdo amongst weirdos that's great i'm weird as I well i feel better you're, already <laughs> you're a more rarefied <laughs> class so thanks to debbie for joining us that was an amazing conversation really good fun and it'd be great to talk to her again you can get in touch with us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you like this, please consider leaving a review. I don't think we've got one yet, so that'd be nice. Thanks.